Hello and welcome back to Lost in the Long Boxes. I'm Ryan. And I'm Joshua. I'm Steve. And this time we're going to be taking a look at Wonder Woman with the uh, soon-to-be-released Wonder Woman 1984. Josh, when is that going to be? Uh... On Christmas, baby. Christmas, that's nice. right. It's going to be in theaters and also uh, also video on demand. Am I, am I correct? Or? Yeah, HBO Max, I believe. So before we get into Wonder Woman, uh, the usual the usual business, uh, patreon.com slash lost in the lawn boxes. Anything you can donate will certainly go a long way. And also, uh, obviously, support your... Uh, we're having a lot of indie creators on the show lately and more to come, so definitely got to plug the uh, Kickstarters. Yes. Uh, so some of the best uh, comics that we're seeing nowadays is coming out on Kickstarter by independent artists. And uh, mm-hmm. I'd really like to, uh, to see everybody kind of take a look at what's, uh, what's new, what's interesting on Kickstarter, and support when you can. Yes, yes. And lastly, I'm sure uh, Josh would Josh would throw something heavy at me if I didn't plug uh, your local comic book shops, uh, yeah. even if maybe they aren't able to be uh, to be physically open to the public. Most of them do offer online sales and online stores. Anything you can do to support those businesses over over larger ones will certainly uh, do do immense good for the comic book community at large. Well said. Yeah, patron your local comic shops, folks. Amen. So, without further ado, Josh, take it away. Take us on a journey to to Amazonia. Yeah, we'll start at the beginning. Wonder Woman, the age of bondage, if you will. Um, Wonder Woman was created by William Moulton Marston, kind of a three-name guy. Uh, usually, a kinky guys guy with, as well. Yeah, guys yeah. With, with three names usually kill presidents, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, back in the 30s and 40s, he was, you know, an academic he was a psychologist and inventor. He actually invented the lie detector, which Very is interesting cool. if you look at, um, you know, Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. It's a lie detector. So, like, chicken or the egg, what came first, the invention or the invented character, you know? This is, uh, nobody knows. No one will ever know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Somebody, so somebody knew at somebody knew one somebody point. Somebody knew at one point. He knew. Well, hey. Put it in the comments. If you think you know, let us know. Tell us how dumb we are. Uh, <laughs> That's, yeah, so. Also, don't forget lost in the long boxes at gmail.com. That's what that email address is for. There you go. Click it, bitches. So, yeah, man. <laughs> he was an academic, psychologist, inventor. He was Paul And a freak. And he a was a freak. freak. Yep. He was an avowed female supremacist, which is a early way of saying feminist. Um, but, yeah, he was a freak in the sheets, him and his wife and his mistress. Um Live-in mistress. Live-in mistress, yeah. So, you know, he was having trouble in academia, keeping a job and whatnot, but he was super creative and all these ideas, so he, you know, uh, he started getting into the comic book biz, and he saw it as uh, propaganda of the woman the world needs to counterbalance the the -the over-the-top machismo in comic books at the time. And thus, not that it's really gone away in, in recent times, but no, it really, yeah, it really hasn't. That's why you always need a counterbalance. You know, there has to be another side of the yep. coin at the time. Absolutely. Here comes Wonder Woman, uh, this Amazonian uh, princess with all this power um, to counterbalance the the machismo. And uh, in 1941, he invented the character. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing. You know, uh, the power that she would bring, power and compassion. Of the things that's that stood out for me uh reading wonder woman and stuff 
her symbology, just like her uh, her costume, her the classic stances in those early Wonder Woman appearances. Yeah. She totally had like the Rosie the Riveter sort of like physicality to her, you know. Yeah, with the bangs, the Betty Page look, you know. Yeah, commands and, the situation, you know. Yeah, and Josh, I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, in in my research, it's it was kind of posed that basically Wonder Woman was initially just kind of brought about as a female version of Superman, basically, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, and that they just kind of painted everything else as a gloss over to make her a little different, but she was supposed to be the female answer to Superman. Did you find that, or was she really supposed to be a different character? That's, a, that's interesting. I, I think I've heard that, too, but I didn't know if it yeah, was... Yeah, I mean, yeah. that, Steve, that's also my understanding, and I think, you know... Uh, Marston's, you know, that was a pretty clever get right there. Because someone was probably like, hey, we need this, you know, the female version yeah. of, you know, you know, I'd love to be in a fly on a wall. So many flies and so many walls. But in that, that discussion, <laughs> like, did he bring to, to, you know, to them say, hey, we need, you know, a female character. Could it be the female Superman? You know? Yeah. Or yep. was it a, a pitch and then he, he took it and he ran, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you got the dark hair, you've got the uh, the red and blue and everything. You know, they added the gold, but... Yeah, um, from a from a other world, if you will, even though it's, yeah. a, you know, a hidden world in yeah. ours, in Amazonia, a fabled place. The only difference in their, like, thinking about it, the only real difference in their iconography or whatever is that he has the whole, like, good old boy raised... Uh, by uh, Midwest America, where she's <clears throat> kind of like fish out of water, you know, thrown from this medieval society. So I guess yeah. that's, re- that's really the only difference there, right, is like yeah. his good old boy thing versus her. Yeah, that's interesting. So, yeah. So as it starts in the book, Steve Trevor, you know, crashes his plane in paradise and in Amazonia and then finds these women chasing, uh, you know, younger women to uh, quote unquote eat them. And, uh, and then and then tie him up. Uh, it's like one of the things Wonder Woman says to the, to the gals is like, uh, on Paradise Island, where we play many binding games, this is considered the safest method of tying a girl's arms. And it's all it's just like all this really bad bondage. Oh man! But uh, I mean, he, they were not pulling any punches. And as it turned, window much? Yeah, yeah. Not, seriously. And in, so he created the character in 1941, and he did it until about 1945 when they kind of, like, pushed him out. They're like, dude, like, we pushed the edge of comics, but you're going too far, man. And he's like, <laughs> he, he, right. Yeah, he wasn't even, like, trying anymore. Like, the cover was literally her in, like, a dominatrix leather. <laughs> 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 yeah, they sell, right, Steve? That's true. It's true. Those those hot covers sell. Yeah. They, well. they fetch the best prices. That's right. Very fetching. <laughs> yeah. Hot blooded, hot blooded. Oh, anyway, sorry, sorry, Josh. <laughs> yeah, so that 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 uh, gets us up to speed uh, with the origins. Uh, go for it, Ryan. Okay, well, uh, moving on into the Silver Age, starting in 1959 with Wonder Woman number 105, written by Robert Kaniger. And I'm probably mutilating your last name too. Lost in the long boxes at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> His grandkids are listening. <laughs> now, now Kaniger's, Kaniger's run reimagines some of uh, Wonder Woman's origins, whereas originally uh, she was conceived as a, as a being, she was shaped from clay by her mother, 
uh, originally and everything. But uh, in his run, she became an amalgamation of various mythological beings' as strongest qualities, namely Aphrodite, Hercules, Athena, and Hermes. Moving on to 1968, we have Wonder Woman number 178 uh, by Mike Sikowski, who takes over the title. And he, uh, he has Wonder Woman trade in her powers to, uh, in exchange to remain in man's world. And she goes on to uh, train with I Ching, a master of martial arts and also a walking, uh, you know, racist <laughs> depiction of an Asian man. Yeah, so many of those early depictions were so racist. Uh, particularly with sidekicks. I went yes. a little deep yeah. dive into sidekicks. So racist. Yep. Oh, I, we should we should do an episode about sidekicks sometime, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. we should. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometime, sometime we will, yeah. Keep listening, listeners. You might get it sooner than you think. That's challenge that's accepted. Right. Challenge. The glove has been dropped. <laughs> <laughs> so she becomes a globe-trotting espionage agent, which you do after you lose your godly powers. Yeah, and, as one does. Uh, as one does. Uh Ends up going on uh, espionage missions, uh, dealing with uh, mythological beings and threats and things like that. So kind of like a uh, Charlie's Angels meets uh, Supernatural or something. Yeah. Like Charlie's Amazon, you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. And she even, you know, she wears the whole, like, uh, the pantsuits and everything, you know, very, very, very uh, 60s sort of... Uh, the colors are very psychedelic, pop art and everything. You, you can just picture, like, you know, uh, I don't know, like like 60s mod music playing in the background. Uh, I guess <laughs> after she loses her powers, the first thing she does is open a mod boutique. <laughs> and buys a Vespa. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> that is part of her like crime fighting regalia is her Vespa. <laughs> I don't I don't need the invisible plane anymore. I'm gonna go with my Vespa and my pantsuit. <laughs> the uh yes, uh Charlie's the Charlie's Amazon era of Wonder Woman wraps up, however, with uh issue one ninety six. And that came out in I have it right here. Well it doesn't really matter, it's over now, so <laughs> <laughs> And we're all and we're all better for it. Uh, so moving on into maybe the more recent continuity, Steve, do you want to tell us about the uh, more recent iteration uh, reboots and retcons of one of uh, Wonder Woman? Or yeah, basically what I um, kind of concentrated on is uh, the Wonder Woman uh, restart series two uh, in 1987. Uh, you know, started again with number one. And I think the reason I pick that is because when I'm going through and looking up comics and and doing comic buying speculation, whatever I know it's I know it's a it's a four letter word in this community, but I think <laughs> I think if there's anyone who has ever not gone in their head, oh, um, you know, maybe I should buy this one. This will probably be a good one to have in the future and stuff. You are a fucking unicorn. Uh, so, uh, so, uh, so I think we all have a little bit of that speculator in us and stuff, but, oh, yeah, God, that walking dead issue one that I just laughed at and then went to your D and D game, Steve, yep. when I was 18 and you and I laughed at it when I told you about it. Yep. Yep. And if only we'd known. Fucking A. Uh, <laughs> and here we are. Yep. As for a while, I'd always buy the first issue of a book. Me when too. When Image came, I was always getting the first issue of Image. Me because too. Because you never knew when it was going to become a movie, you know? Yeah. And, um, and 
we learned the futility of that in the 90s. So. Oh, yes, we That's certainly right. did. As we covered in our Dark Ages of Comic Books episodes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Certainly a dark age. time, the Dark Ages. Yeah. But uh, getting back to Wonder Woman, of course. So, a... so basically, Wonder Woman number one fetches like up to $100, $150 and stuff, uh, more for the super high grades. And I was wondering, why the hell is is this 1987 comic and stuff uh, uh, fetching this type of price? So that's why I really wanted to dive in. So the story behind this is that in uh, around 85, 86, Wonder Woman was doing awful. Um, Wonder Woman uh. did not have volunteers uh, for uh, for writers and artists. You were assigned Wonder Woman. Yeah. That was the punishment. Oh my! God. It was it was like almost like a um, a duty that they had to do. They didn't want to cancel the title because they wanted to hold on to rights. They, they have the foresight to yeah. Yeah, they wanted to keep it on as a good property, but. Nobody wanted to do it, and nobody was excited about doing it. Um, mm. So, uh, so they had to assign writers and artists, and it was just like it was like a duty you had to perform. You have to work your way up in the company. You got to be oh assigned God. those titles. And Wonder Woman, everybody's got to mop the men's room eventually. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that's kind of where Wonder Woman was at that point. So, right. enter. Enter George uh, uh, Perez uh, there, and he had just come off of his stint on Crisis on uh, on Infinite Earths. Very popular. Speaking of housekeeping, a kind of way to keep DC's continuity in line. Yeah. Um, he didn't absolutely. Which yeah, we'll do an episode on. Absolutely. I'm I'm psyched on that. Um, oh, oh can't yeah. wait for a multiverse part one and two. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look forward to that, listeners. So. George Perez uh, uh, basically came in right after that. Frank Miller had just knocked it out the park with uh, uh, with Dark Knight, and so they were looking at taking some of these characters in different directions. So George Perez has always had a story he's wanted to tell about Wonder Woman, uh, and he wanted to take it back to that mythology and like go nuts with mythology, strong female characters. It's something that he's wanted to do. So he goes into uh, uh, to his uh, editor at the time, uh, who, um, you know, and just kind of asked her, hey, uh, who's doing Wonder Woman? Uh, and she's like, uh, nobody. No, I have nobody assigned. Nobody, I, I haven't assigned anybody yet. And then he said, bazing. So... You get it. And this is this is a guy he he could have had his pick on uh, on just about any title he wanted in DC and he said he said it, it kind of just came out of nowhere. He opened his mouth and he said he didn't even know that he was going to say it before he did. He just said, "Why don't you give me Wonder Woman for about 6 months and we'll see if we can get this off of the ground." He said he had never been kissed by an editor before but uh but she wow. she jumped up kissed him and uh and and that's how he got started with uh that's with so wonder woman and he went all out he had researchers for greek mythology he had talked to 
uh, to various uh, feminists of the time. I mean, Gloria Steinem, uh, oh, wow. Jeanette wow. Kahn, uh, you know, people... Like he he hired a uh, a lot more women on his staff that uh, than than you know that were co- then were common in the time and everything um, because you know it's That's the 80s badass. the 80s is still not not uh, uh, anywhere near equal yeah right um, I mean look at today today is not equal so uh, yeah exactly but um so uh, so he starts writing this, and he writes strong female characters, strong female antagonists, um, you know, like uh, reinventing a lot of these traditional um, Wonder Woman villains as, as smart, have depth, have a reason why they're doing the things that they're doing. And he reinvents the Wonder Woman property and a lot of the the movies that are coming out today the the two Wonder Woman movies that you know the one that's out and the one we're going to see here uh, shortly um a lot of their concepts came directly from the 1987 run of um of Wonder Woman and George Perez uh, uh, is so proud of uh, of what he's done with the title. Um, he said some of the biggest compliments he ever got was um, uh, a popular female writer at the time had said that she read the comic and could not believe that it was written by a straight male, uh, mm. and he considered that one of his biggest compliments that he uh, that he ever received and everything. So you know, uh, you know, Steve. One of the uh, I mean. One of the many, many big changes brought to the Wonder Woman continuity by the, by the Perez run was the uh, introduction of Barbara Minerva as, uh, as Cheetah, whereas uh, originally we had Priscilla Rich and later Deborah Domain, who the latter of which would get retconned into just being one of Barbara Minerva's uh, aliases. That's the one we're going to be seeing in Wonder Woman 1984, and that's kind of like Ever since, ever since uh, Perez's run, she's basically just been Cheetah, right? She's been the one. Yeah, basically, uh, issue number seven, I believe, uh, with Wonder Woman, uh, the Perez run, uh, really reintroduced Cheetah, and he he really went another direction. And I think, like you like you alluded to, that's probably more the the Cheetah that uh, that we're gonna see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I've noticed of the trailers, it looks like they've. I mean, I don't. I don't actually know much or anything about Barbara Minerva, but I do know a bit about Deborah Domain, who preceded uh, Barbara Minerva as Cheetah, and her her like her character is that she came from wealth but felt bad about it and became an ecology student, and then uh, you know later gets kidnapped and brainwashed into becoming the second cheetah but from seeing the trailers it looks like they're going to go with the uh, bookish um ecology or, or scientist student sort of thing at least i don't know if that's just part of barbara minerva's characterization but that also uh that also comes from the deborah domain um cheetah as well so yeah, yeah that's that's neat and and uh, yeah i think I would not be surprised if that found uh, that found a home originally in uh, in uh, Perez's run there because he was big on um, on having educated female um, uh, protagonists kind of move the story along and be those right. those people that are supporting 
Wonder Woman through uh, through a lot of um, a lot of her adventures and everything. You know what's funny is the the original uh, Cheetah Priscilla Rich. There's a there's a lot of ways that you can interpret Priscilla Rich. Um, she's a rich debutante and everything that she uh, she gets jealous of Diana Prince's beauty and money and tries to like tries to sabotage her and kill her fails has a nervous breakdown she looks in her mirror and instead of seeing her reflection she sees a a feline cheetah like character and makes a costume at at first you you hear that and you think oh she's just a woman driven by jealousy of another woman and that's all there is to it but there's also some interesting i mean there's also like an interesting exploration of mental health there too i think um, I don't know if they're going to do this with Barbara Minerva in the uh, in the DC movie, but it would be interesting if they did bring in that, you know, that uh, that character quality from the Priscilla Rich era. Like, obviously, don't bring in the uh, jilted woman, you know, being venomously jealous of another woman. That's that's not healthy at all. But yeah, the uh, the mental the mental health thing, the uh, you know, the alternate personality concept. That's a cool that's a cool thing to use with any character. You know. Yeah, agreed. I mean, if they if. If this movie is going to be successful, it has to be character driven. Yeah, um, right. Like, like the and first one. And why not one, just like fold? It, yeah, yeah. It has to have that depth to it. Um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I have my, I'm pretty skeptical about it as well. Like, I, there's a part of me like that doesn't really. I don't know about the 1984. Like, they're trying to play on this, like you know, nostalgia trope. Perhaps right. that right. that yeah. like you the know 80s the are Captain still Marvel definitely movie. in yeah. yeah like Captain Marvel did that with the 90s and really kind of failed that movie wasn't really that great yeah no it wasn't it wasn't at all yeah, yeah. but it's a very disappointing film yeah but regardless of like how I feel about it I showed my daughter the trailer she's five and you should have just seen her eyes like you know the the impact that just the, the that the that iconic figure like that Holy Trinity figure that yep. is Wonder Woman. Has uh, it, it had such a huge positive impact, and it, it's funny. I um, my my daughter just got Wonder Woman PJs, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> so I took some some like gold paper and I I like cut her gauntlets, and oh, nice. and like her lasso of truth, and like uh, her helm, and oh my god. Okay, so when we when we air this, this episode, is... I'll, I'll I'll post pictures and. Oh, absolutely! Um, those, those pictures need to be the pictures for the episode. Oh, but she, she just <laughs> loves links, so. and, and she did this whole natural thing where she she uh, took on the persona when she put on the helm. You know, she took on this persona of Wonder Woman, and then like I'm the monster, and she like got me with her her gauntlets, and then I like you know I, she's like oh you can calm down you can calm down, and she became like the compassionate side of Wonder Woman. Which is something that always appealed to me, her strength, but also her compassion is how she won, you know? And uh, right, yep. and then my daughter's just like, I'll calm you down. And she she like did this dramatic she like she took off the helm and she's like, You see, I'm just a little girl. So she's already taking on <laughs> this awesome. like this alter ego persona. Oh, like she wow. gets it. At five years old, she understands yep. like putting on the hood, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, I uh, I watched the documentary on the uh, you know like the real life superhero phenomenon, and they had this uh, psychologist on there that was like, yeah, these guys are crazy. They're running around in football gear or whatever, you know, with homemade masks and and silly names. But when they put on their costumes and put on their masks, they do like adopt some degree of extra normal capability. There's something about that that psychologically kicks in your adrenaline and gives you that extra oomph, you know? Like it's a real thing. Yeah, it's like an improv or acting, like you t- taking on a persona. 
you do psychologically move away from your thoughts into the character's thoughts. So there's a way of being able to access different parts of your own psychology, like deeper, like the parts that we that we want to bring forward, like the strengths that we can't be in our everyday life. I'm sorry to derail your, your uh, anecdote about your daughter there. <laughs> no apologies necessary. Please derail at any time. We like. I don't know where that accent came from. Probably scratch Well, you know, we, we needed it. <laughs> yeah, we did. I needed, I needed to express that alter ego. Um, but I, I want, what I wanted to share with you guys um, was a, a handful of years ago. I now, went content to, warning. This is why I can't close my eyes anymore without <laughs> immense fear. <laughs> Forever yeah. burned in this we're, image. And, we're uh, putting a perhaps, trigger warning. Yeah, trigger, trigger warning. warning yeah. And how about this? How about this? If you go on Patreon, you become a tier one person, you will get a signed autographed picture of me at Comic-Con. <laughs> as the gender blending, gender bending, however you want to say it, Wonder Woman. I went cosplay as Wonder Woman to co- to nice. Boston Comic Con a couple of years ago, and it was and it was really great because me and Hot. my buddy Simon uh, created this costume from scratch and uh, using like old leather like uh, bags, you know, for the. It was just it was perfect. It was so wonderful, and I got this big big burly beard, and when I walked into that big auditorium uh it was like i was david bowie walking off of a spaceship into a third <laughs> world country people were looking at me like i was this fucking alien and like you could you could hear a frog whisper in that place oh man <laughs> people were losing their minds just losing their minds uh it was great it was yeah and i i what i understood at that moment is why people cosplay yep you know, like you get to put I'm on sure, the, yeah. this, these alter egos and you don't have to be your awkward self. Like you can dress as Batman and not talk to anyone. And people are like, you're doing a pretty good Batman. You know? <laughs> very dark and brooding. Very good. That's right. Very autistic of you. Yeah. Well, you know, too, like also to, to tie it around, like, I mean, as you said, Wonder Woman was born from a guy that was all about just like shamelessly embracing what you are and everything. You know, he was a... Uh, a polygamist and everything, and he was into BDSM, all this stuff back in the 40s. Yeah, um, he pushed, he pushed and, all the barriers sexually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, putting on Wonder Woman's clothing as a cis male and embracing that energy is exactly what Wonder Woman is about. <laughs> yeah, well said. Yeah, it was it was glorious, man. I, and I, I plan on doing it again at some point in the near future, and... Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to do that. But that was just such a great experience. You nice. Know, That's a dawning. good story. Yeah. So I'll definitely make sure that that picture is available when we release this. <laughs> just to, you know, burn <laughs> that into everyone else's mind so Ryan doesn't have to suffer alone. <laughs> That's right. So none of you can sleep ever again either. So what do, what do, what do, what do you, the fans, have for, you know, like Wonder Woman anecdotes or uh, characters from the Wonder Woman mythos that you enjoy or stories? Yeah, get at us in the comments. Either we're on YouTube uh, or Facebook, of course, Facebook.com/slash Lost in the Long Boxes. Shoot us some comments. Let us know. Uh, and unless uh, Steve, Josh, you guys have anything further to add, I think that uh, that pretty much wraps it up. I am all set, man. Yeah, excited to see this movie coming out on December 25th. Yeah, me too. That's right. December 25th, either uh, video on demand with uh, HBO Max or in the theater. Uh, obviously, I will. I we will not be encouraging you to go to the theater as there is still a pandemic going on yeah, as the time is recording. <laughs> yeah, it'll still be with us on December 25th. So I'm going to see yeah. it at home. 
Yeah, no, enjoy it at home. Honestly, you'll have a much better time. It will. It won't smell like movie theater. You won't have people <laughs> coughing all over. You can you ignore know, like, your family by going to watch this movie alone in your bedroom in a dark place. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, like, I mean, depending on where you sit in a theater, sometimes the sound is weird. I, I just, I just enjoy a home theater often more than a movie theater. You know. Like, yeah. I do miss the movies though. I am all about the theater. I think I, I don't know that surround sound, the massive screen. To me, yeah. home theater just cannot match that experience. That's fair. I, I think it's it's also it's, it's also a lot like a tablet versus like actual comic books. Some yes. people are hardcore anti digital. Yes. Some people are hardcore pro digital. Some people like me are just in the middle. I'll read either one. You know, I don't really care. But yep. There's no right or wrong to it. It's just personal preference. But uh, yeah. yeah, without since we don't really have anything further to get into, yeah. uh, once again, I'm Ryan. I'm Joshua. I'm Steve. This is Lost in the Lawn Boxes, and we'll talk to you next time.